Hello everyone out there, this is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is, I have very exciting news for you. I am going to introduce you to one of our earlier mentees, a original protege of mine who became very, very successful. In fact, she is now one of our leading commercial estate mentors for our company, and I work with her on a daily basis. So what you're going to see is that she's very smart, she's very experienced, she's managed over 3,400 apartment units, she knows the commercial estate business inside and out, and she's what we call in our company our resident numbers expert. And every successful investor and company needs a person just like that. So all these years, we kept her to ourselves until today. Now, you'll be able to get contact from her directly. I am so excited. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to Julia Sheehan. Hello, everyone. All right. Thank you for joining us here. And as I promised, here is Julia Sheehan. So, Julia, welcome. And uh, just so you guys know, I work with her on a daily basis for many, many years. She's been a, uh, she was started off again as a student and became a coach many years ago. Work with her daily. She is a sharpest person you're ever going to meet involving operations uh, on commercial property. So again, Julia, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Peter. All right. So Julia, we're going to jump right into it. And could you share with us uh, a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So a little bit about me and my background. Growing up, my parents, they were W-2 employees, which was great. They did well for themselves. They did a little bit of investing here and there in some real estate, but they never saw it as a means to have a full-time income. So it wasn't really in my DNA, essentially. And I always saw my parents' friends, their sphere of influence, a lot of them owned commercial real estate. So I recognized that at a young age, they owned strip malls, plazas, things like that. So seeing their life and how they were able to always be with their kids and you know have a lot of time freedom, I recognized that. So fast forward to me in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew it was real estate related. I knew I wanted to do something with real estate. I didn't want to be an agent. I don't know why. I think I just didn't like the inconsistent income that it brought. Uh, it was back to my background of my parents' with their W-2 and just having a steady flow. So again, not in my DNA. So I didn't want to be an agent, but I wanted to do something real estate related, seeing that when I was younger of what their friends were doing. So in college, majored in the basics. I majored in business and marketing, and it brought me to a job fair. At that job fair, I came across this company and this company, I'm going to reserve their name for privacy reasons, but I ended up applying with them. They were a real estate company that specialized in development, management, and acquisition. Perfect. That's what I was looking for. So I applied. I applied alongside a few other people. I want to say it was like anywhere from eight to 10 other people. So I was really worried I wasn't going to get this job. I did, luckily. And so I started working for this company. Now, this company is nationwide. They're family-owned. So they own properties across the country. In my state alone, I'm in a tiny little state here, 
uh, they owned about 3,500 units prior to me leaving. So I left, I want to say, it's been at least five years since I left. They may have acquired more, uh, but that's a lot for where I live. So 34, 3,500 units, and it was all multifamily. That was their specialty. They owned a few commercial. So I started working there. And what I loved about working there was that they only promote within. So you had to start at the bottom. Now, when I say the bottom, that means leasing the apartments, going there on the weekends, making sure you're showing the apartments. I would argue that's probably the most important job of all. So you start there and you work your way up. So that's exactly what I did. And as I worked my way up, I found how important it was to see all these aspects of multifamily, seeing the side of doing the leasing, seeing all that it entails. And it just helps you further grow in the career within that company. So I worked my way up. I finally got to a position that I wanted to be at. This was my, you know, I realized that this is what I loved was the numbers. I love the numbers. So got to a point where I was overseeing the property's financials. I was looking at the cash flow month to month, seeing how that we could optimize that cash flow, um, ultimately increasing the NOI. We were basically, we made our bonuses by increasing the NOI, which I thought was so smart on their part. So anytime that I was able to increase the NOI, I got a bonus. It's very smart <laughs> to them. Not a lot to me. It was a lot. Um, so we were looking at this month by month. I mean, a lot of times in real estate, you hear year over year looking at your NOI, but no, no, no. We were focusing month to month, doing reports, analyzing every single detail. So it brought me um, a ton of knowledge. I mean, I learned so much seeing all these numbers, analyzing, being so focused. And I found that that was my niche. That's what I loved to do was increasing the cash flow for other people. <laughs> So that's what that's my background in the real estate side of things. And and that is perfect, right? Because that's exactly what you bring to our company and to our students over the years. They close on a the property, they meet with me first, and I hand over to you, and you get to optimize the cash flow. So just a beautiful system we have here and created by you. So yeah, we're prospering because of you. And that's why we have you on here, Julia. So all that knowledge of 3,500 units of management under your belt. And now you can use it to help uh, students do the same, make more money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, great. So how did you make the transition from working in that company, managing all those units into your own investing? So backstory on this is that I thought owning commercial real estate meant that you had to be a millionaire. I thought that that was the only way you get into it. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to think that. So as I was working at this company, I started to realize that these properties, they were large. They were anywhere from 200 units to 500 units. They were big properties. So I started to notice that these properties were owned by investment pools, essentially syndication. So I started to recognize that there's not just one person owning these. This is this is a lot of investors owning these properties. Okay. That made me start to think, how do I do this? How can I do this for me? How do I make this kind of life for myself? And not to their fault, they weren't going to be my mentors in this. You know, they they had successfully built this amazing company and they weren't in the position to be mentors. They needed me to do my job. Fine, no problem. So I ended up finding you 
and I needed to uh, learn what I didn't know, right? So I didn't know how to find the deals. I didn't know how to get them under contract. I knew how to analyze numbers, but not from the perspective of buying the deal. So that was something I needed to learn as well. So I joined the program, went through all the training, purchased my first property, thanks to you, Peter, and ended up leaving my job to pursue investing full-time. And then you bless us with joining our team as, as a mentor. So talk to us about that. How did you make that transition? So joining the team as a mentor, um, I essentially did it because I love to help people. And I think that we needed somebody who could essentially be like a overseer of the closed deals. Um, you were looking for that if, you know, if I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you were looking for that. And I fit the bill to some extent. So coming on to the joining the team, I was able to help when students closed on their deals and start them from the ground up. Because when these students close on their deals, they really aren't sure what to do day one, right? It's, did we change the utilities into our name? Did we find a property manager? Did we send out notices that there's new ownership, right? Little things like that. There's so many other of them. And so making sure that these little tiny details are taken care of from the start and just keeping with those students along the way. So again, I just love helping people and I love seeing the students come into the program and I love seeing them go to the point of buying the property. And I get a lot of joy out of getting to that point. As soon as I get on a call with a student who, however long ago, if it was a year or so ago that they joined the program or less, and they now own their first property. It's the best feeling. Yes, yes, yes. And and we love having you as a as a coach and mentor, and our students do do as well. So now we're really looking forward to you. You know, right after this, you're going to start producing your own material, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. So, all right. So, uh, a question here. I always wanted to ask you this. I, I kind of know the answer, but I think you should share this with the audience because it is so true, right? And so, Julia, the question is: Out of managing your your over three thousand apartment units plus your your uh, own investments, are there a few things that new investors kind of miss out on? You know, operational wise, that you can talk about. There are. Yeah, there's a there's quite a few things that come to mind. But the first one would be the due diligence periods mm. before even buying the property. A lot of people underestimate the expenses. So they take the expenses that they're provided for face value. And a lot of the time they're underestimated. So part of what I do is when students come to the program, I make sure to meet with them in order to tell them in their specific state, what should things cost so that mm. they know they're not going in blind. That's step one. So as soon as we start analyzing the deal, we need to know where that is. If we miss or um, underestimate expenses, the entire deal can be thrown off. You could be negative cash flow from day one. Yeah. That's yeah. a scary thought. It is a uh, scary thought. And see, that's important because, uh, and I'm preaching to the choir, right? When when uh, a student receives a deal from a seller or an agent, they tend to believe what's given to them in terms of income and expenses. And right. you and I know it's 100% incorrect. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. And our job, your job as a coach is to rerun the numbers and give it back to them so that the NOI is actually more accurate. Right. And most times, unfortunately, once we add everything up for them, the, the cash flow drops to zero and we either get to get rid of the deal or we have to renegotiate it for better terms. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, I think, and they end up with a better deal. Right. And that's exactly where my strong suit is, is that I'm so detail oriented. Yeah. I will question students until the end of time to make sure that they're making the right decision on the deal. Um, questions that they maybe ask themselves late at night when they're laying in bed and, you know, should I buy this deal? Is it just an emotional purchase? I'm there to say, ask them up front, is this emotional? Are you just excited because it's the first one? Let's look at the real yeah. facts here. Let's yeah. look at the numbers together. And you tell me what you see, and I'll tell you what I see. So yeah, that's a that's a big one. Yeah, you, you are the epitome of falling in love with the numbers and not the property. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so crucial to to have that mentality as a coach. It really, it right. really is. That's our, that's our job, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one of them. Do you have any more? I do. Um, hiring property managers. So when students close, mm. just knowing exactly what to look for in a good mm-hmm. manager, and a lot of people don't know. I feel that a lot of people just hire a manager based on Google reviews, which. Those are important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, really understanding what you need from that manager in order to make your property function and operate the best that it can. So that one's a really big one. Yeah. And, you know, more on the property management um, side, you know, that's that's your strong suit. That's where you came from. Right. right. Working with uh, investors, owners, looking at properties, looking at numbers and everything. And and our students, you know, get a deal under contract and we share it. We we tell them, OK, now let's go out and hire a proper manager to help us with the inspection, due diligence and eventual managing of the property. So what's what are a couple of things that you would say they miss out on when they if they hire the wrong manager? Or what would you say what a good manager will look like? So a good manager, in my mind, would be someone who communicates often. There's no such thing as overcommunication when it comes to a property manager. And also, it's really important to know what kind of software they're using to track your income and expenses. Mm. So although they are doing it for you, it's still your dollars going in and out. And you need to be so on top of that. So knowing exactly what they use as far as that goes. An Excel spreadsheet is just not going to cut it these days. Yeah, Not for Um, commercial property. (laughs) Absolutely not. I don't (laughs) even know how you would do it. I've seen it, unfortunately. But... No, that's a big no-no in my mind. Those are two really big ones. And then, of course, negotiating the management agreement and mm. what it entails. So know exactly what I'm looking for in the agreement. You know, what our maintenance minimum should be, what um, the actual percentage should be for the management fee, what's yeah. fair, what's right for the size of the property and the location. Yeah. You know, that is so important, Julia, because, uh, you know, when a student signs an agreement, it's usually a one-year agreement. With their proper manager, so they're going to be they're going to be your proper manager for a year, right? right? And what if they're horrible managers by month four? You're stuck with them for the rest of the eight months. It's going to be miserable. And if you try to get them out, they may sue you, right? So it's really yeah. important to have a person like yourself go through the management agreement be, before you start doing business with them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, terms can be missed so easily in those agreements. They're long. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of information. It's hard to decipher some of it sometimes. So yes, it's very important for to have a second set of eyes on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the first thing you mentioned was communication. One of the, you know, the best qualities of a good property manager, communication. So basically what you're saying is when you're looking for a property manager and you find one and you're interviewing them, but they don't get back to you quickly or at all, that's the first uh, sign of they're not a good property manager, right? That's a big red flag. <laughs> yeah, it's a red flag. And that happens quite a bit, right? Yep. I would say a, a property manager that does not call you back probably has too many properties under his or her belt and won't be able to help you out with your property. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it starts exactly there. I like um, three of those points. Do you have another one? Last one I can think of would be the accounting. Mm. I that the accounting side of things is the most overlooked. And again, I think that a lot of people aren't sure what they're looking at when it comes to the accounting on their properties yeah. or not sure what to focus on. Again, that's how things can get missed. That's how, you know, you hear horror stories, mm -hmm. unfortunately, of property managers taking money from owners. It happens. Yeah, and, and you know what? That is understandable, right? Because our typical student is a typical person, right? Works right. with post office, doctor, truck driver, nurse, uh, housewife, and right. they don't they don't have a, a background in accounting. Right. Never That's seen a, a profit and loss statement. Have never used QuickBooks, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. So what do you do to help them get up to speed in accounting? So we actually use a software too to help track everything, income and expense wise, for the properties. It's part of being partners with us. And that's what I do is once a month, I meet with the students. It forces us to go through all the income and expenses on the property, look at them line by line once a month. It's not a big deal. It's the easiest thing you can do for your property and yeah. making sure that everything makes sense, makes, you know, the expense costs are what they should be corresponding for those. There's no miscellaneous expenses for $20 here, $40 there. You know, we need to know where every dime's going. So teaching students exactly what to look for, how to look at a cash flow statement, how to check their own NOI. It's it's really back to that whole mindset of, of just changing your mindset. Like me, when I started out, I knew how to analyze the properties because they were operating already. But I had to change my mindset of learning now from the buying perspective of what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. We teach our students how to analyze the deal up front. We teach them how to look at the profit and loss statement, but now you own it. Now it's yours and you need to know exactly what you're looking at for your property. Again, these are your dollars that are going in and out of this property. We need to understand it. Yeah. You know, Julie, I think we really hit it on the head in terms of if a, if someone wanted to learn from this, how to do it right. You mentioned the top three things, and, and I totally agree with you that most people miss out on. Number one is they must do a really good job of due diligence to buy their best property. Right. Uh, number two, they have to hire the right property manager, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and then number three is the accounting, which I believe is the most overlooked important aspects of commercial real estate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. See, this is why we brought you here because we need <laughs> this talent in our company and our students need you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Let's move on to some fun things, right? Let's talk about deals a bit, deals that you were involved in. And yeah. are, are there any deals that kind of stand out to you that, 
you know, where you went in and you coached them, you helped them, and, and now they're a success story? Absolutely. Yeah, I have a few that come to mind. The first one would be Jacob's deal. So Jacob purchased a 90-unit property, no money down. Um, basically, we helped him do the marketing. He used our marketing techniques to find the property. And with using those marketing techniques, it actually impressed the investors that he ended up using for the deal. So they ended up in the hands of the investors. They contacted him. They were so impressed with how they marketed. They knew that he knew what he was doing. They knew that he had us in the background helping. And they trusted us and trusted him. They purchased the deal with him. He did not have to put any money down because he brought the deal to them. And he ended up closing on the deal. They had to do some value add. Um, I helped them with setting up the accounting up front. That was a big hurdle that they had to deal with. Uh, just learning again, like we just talked about, learning the accounting. Um, so yeah, I and, you, and you were actually helping their property management company get to speed. Exactly. So <laughs> I was I was actually, yes, helping their property manager get everything organized. Yeah. So we did that. We had a lot of calls regarding that. And um also just making sure that they were doing proper tenant screenings mm. and making sure that the tenants that they were getting into the apartments were going to be long-term tenants. So- That's right. So Julia, I recall that because when I, after uh, Jacob closed, I recall meeting with him and the big issue was the amount of evictions they yeah. were going through, right? right. And then you decided, okay, uh, the evictions are occurring because you're putting in the wrong people. Right. Yeah. Not screening them. Yeah. And when I say screening them, I mean, looking at the credit and criminal background checks, looking at income qualifications, you know, it sounds so silly, but you got to make sure they can afford the apartment, right? So uh, looking at all of those details, so, so important. So now Jacob is at a point where he has basically stabilized the property. It's now producing a steady income for him. He was able to leave his job as a waiter. So he's doing big things. He is really excited. And uh, we we left out one important part. So he's collecting how much a month? He, him himself is about $3,000, I believe is what he's collecting. Yeah. Yep. That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So that's the first deal. Do you have any others? I do. Um, Another one that comes to mind would be Dave. So Hmm. Dave closed on seven properties in, I want to say it's like a three-year time span, which Mm -hmm. that is very quick. That's, he, he went full blown into it. So with As a a full-time truck driver too, right? As a full-time truck driver. (laughs) Yes. So his portfolio now consists of, I believe it's 45 units. And what we did there was we made sure to stabilize each property before going and buying the next one. Smart. Stabilize, purchase, stabilize, purchase. That was the Smart. route that he was going to take. His portfolio is probably worth about $5.5 million yeah, now. That's right. Big deal. Huge deal. So he went from owning nothing, no properties. I mean, he owned his house, of course, but no investment properties to owning a $5.5 million portfolio. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Big deal. Yeah. Um, I think he's pretty close to doing this full-time too. So he's almost there. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. And I, I and also learned that his uh, wife is the real estate professional. So now he gets to write off everything, even though he's still driving a truck. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, do you have one more to share? 
I do. Yeah. The last one would be Dean. So Dean did very well in purchasing storage. That was his lane. It was this niche that he found. He liked to buy storage facilities. So he did very well with that. And in the beginning, he was disorganized. He'll admit that himself. And so what we did with him was, again, back to this word accounting, uh, we had to organize his accounting as well had to help him understand exactly what he was looking at as far as his cash flow on his properties, his NOI. And this all became so important because he is now looking to list one of those properties. And he had to make sure that his financials were in order to do so. So Mm -hmm. we organized all of that, made sure those financials were ready to go. And he is now on his way to making about a $2 million profit. Yeah. That's our route. Yeah, that's awesome. Now with with Dean, I think the uh, most important thing that you helped him with was a commercial property is only worth what its NOI is, right? And with sloppy accounting or poor accounting, you can't show the public your new NOI because you don't have your stuff together numbers-wise, right? Accounting-wise. Yeah. So if it weren't for you, he wouldn't be able to show you know, printing out his uh, property manager statement from your software to show that he has an an NOI that pretty much doubles what he paid for the property. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. In, in about a year and a half. So so both of you have been working your behinds off and make this property worth a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We're excited about it. I know he's yeah. excited. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. So Juliet, so you know, these three deals I could honestly say they would not have the success that they're having without your coaching, right? They just wouldn't have, wouldn't be, they wouldn't be where they are. I can, I can honestly say that. So I just want to thank you for that. So the next step is um, for you to start producing your own content, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. I am too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone, as I mentioned before, um, Julia is a coach of ours, and we've held her back in in the background to help out with our students. And now we're ready to release her to the world content-wise. So everything that Julia has been teaching our students, and she's going to start putting on on content on on YouTube and and elsewhere so you can learn exactly, see exactly what she does, just like what you see from me. So look out for those videos, everyone. So Julia, thank you so much uh, for taking your time. And uh, I know you have a newborn who's who's uh, in, who's probably next to you. And we appreciate your time and all your dedication. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. You're welcome. You take care. And we'll, we'll be talking soon.